Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 68 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today I have with me a host of gaming experts. I got Matthew Aguilar. What up? Our gaming editor, Roland Bishop. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. And pre-order man around town himself, Mr. Brandon Davis is with us. What's up? Hello. Um, if you've seen this episode, then obviously you see the title. We don't usually condense our titles to one thing, but we had a lot to go over today on the subject of PlayStation 5. The PlayStation 5, we had another event. I feel like we're having events like every week, but we're having these in PlayStation 5 events. And this is the real one where we got all the big information we wanted. Pricing, release date, kind of format, of kind of confirmation of formats of consoles, games that we're going to be getting, games that are going to be coming down the line. So we have a lot to unpack on that. But um, before we get to that, we do have a couple news items to kind of talk about on the DC and uh, Marvel side as kind of things get back into production. And so that's good news. So uh, why don't we start there before we get into gaming, and then we're going to end with some uh, in-depth breakdowns of things that are happening in comics right now. So uh, yeah, so we're basically just geeking out on this episode, which is, yeah. which is good. Getting back to the core of things. Sorry, mainstream audience. Well, here's one for the mainstream. <laughs> yeah. We got one for the mainstream audience here. The Batman is back in production. Star Robert Pattinson has been cleared of COVID-19 and cameras are back rolling on the Batman. So, yay. I mean, yay. that's good. I mean, we were wondering, like, because production got shut down because a crew member or crew members who have not been named were kind of uh, diagnosed with COVID. Then Robert Pattinson was diagnosed with COVID. That was the big one. And everything came to a screeching halt. And uh, there was some kind of back and forth. But the bottom line was they had shut down and quarantined the cast and crew. There were just some auxiliary crew, like building sets and doing whatever auxiliary work they could do. Um, but it was unknown how long this would last because we even got stipulations for what Warner Brothers kind of had to do to clear all this. And it was like, get everybody who's like, you know, tested positive cleared. You know, keep track of everybody in the cast and crew. Try to trace this thing. Try to make sure no germ ever comes on set ever again. And, like, no, I'm just kidding. But, like, you know, it was, it was a pretty It's kind of true, thing. though. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it was, like, a big hold your breath and, like, you know, crap your pants moment because if this kept ballooning, if it kept being, like, more and more people showed up with infections in subsequent days, it was, like, a two-week clock that had to start over again. And, like, yeah, it, it would have been a big mess. So, um. Thankfully, it all seems to be all clear. Batman's getting back to production. Um, fingers crossed that everybody stays healthy and everything stays okay. Um, we've had many debates when this happened. I think BD was with us when we talked about this. And we were talking about like the NBA and all that stuff and um, how different businesses are trying to cope with the realities, shared realities of trying to get back into business and deal with, you know, the realities of COVID-19 infections. So, Hollywood's trying to kind of chug along and, and keep things safe. Um, 
But uh, this was the biggest high-profile test I think we've seen so far, and, and it looks like Warner Brothers managed to kind of get a handle on it. So, uh, you know, here, like I said, here's hoping going forward. What is this? What, you, what, is what, what was that flex? Like, yeah, what, what, was was that? That? what was that? You said highest-profile person to have it. Oh, rock rock. oh, yeah. I meant, like, in an active film production right now. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I couldn't rock. tell what the symbol was. I that was about that. to say, Kofi, delusions. No, no, man. I love The Rock, and I even mentioned him in my Batman article. Every time I'm going to get my Robert Pat. I, I was a Robert Pattinson reference in a conversation about Robert Pattinson, but I'll see myself out. It's fine. <laughs> oh man! All right, but Dude, um, Jesus. But uh, on the Marvel side, we got some good news too. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been back in production. We got like final big confirmation of that because Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie were posting photos from the set uh, of them clowning around while social distancing. So Falcon, the Winter Soldier is back on, on track again. And this was a, these are big deals because we were wondering, like, specifically the Batman and Falcon, the Winter Soldier, these are big, high-profile comic book, TV, and movie productions, respectively. And we were kind of wondering about those release dates, right? Like, Falcon, the Winter Soldier was supposed to arrive in the fall, and we were all kind of like, I mean, now it's just, I mean, I don't think it's been official, but, like, it is 2021, right? Like, there's... Like, yeah, unless they stick this on, like, the last day of December 31st, like, I mean, Brandon Davis, is, we're, we're expecting this in 2021 now, right? Yeah, uh, I think Christmas Day is probably when we'll see it, so. Okay, there you go. I mean, that works. I'll take that present. Um, so, yeah, in the Batman, of course, we're trying to keep it on track because we all like that October date. We actually liked it better than a summer date um, for what this movie looks like it's bringing to the table. And we were hoping that no more delays and stuff, we can keep this movie on track for October 2021. So it looks like we might be tentatively on track for that. So like from both cases. So that's good stuff. Uh, finally, we got a new Disney Plus commercial because they're hyping up what they're bringing to the table for fall, you know, in a content TV content season that is a little more bare than we're used to. Disney Plus wanted to remind people they got, they got some stuff coming. Uh, don't forget, it's not just that Mandalorian. They have some other things. And while I don't care so much about the other things besides the Mandalorian, there was one big confirmation that we kind of can be happy about, which is that uh, Wander and Vision seems to be confirmed now that we'll get that before 2020 lets out. That's, that's what I meant is coming December 25th. Falcon Winter Soldier, not this year. No chance. Oh, you just crushed me. Wow, Sorry. boy, he got so excited. Sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Not I was like, this year. you're the Marvel the guy. Of you're like the I, Marvel I, I, guy. I thought you knew. I was like, WandaVision. oh, man. WandaVision, if I was a betting man, I'd bet the house on Christmas Day. Falcon and Winter Soldier, not happening this year. Oh, also, man. Kofi, Krypton did not get canceled. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. I just thought I'd continue the, the roller coaster. No, right. yeah, that, that, like, I actually was so confused there. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> I was like, really? Is this, you were is so... this breaking news? I was like, what's happening here? You guys are, you guys are cruel. It's 2020. I already have yeah, enough. No, enough. Falcon and Winter Soldier has a lot of production <laughs> left, and there are things in that show that they can't release until after Black Widow comes out, and nobody knows. You're muted, I think. Yes, I am muted. I'm expressing my disdain still and my pain. Um, but I was saying, agreeing with you, with that's where I was going next with this, was these delays were important, especially in the Marvel case, because of not Marvel Cinematic Universe is such a row of dominoes. And kind of figuring out how we get these things and where isn't just about when they get done with COVID and kind of get done production, like you said. 
it seems pretty clear and Marvel never wants to spoil these things. So they're kind of in a sticky situation PR wise where they can't tell us like outright, like, yeah, you kind of got to see Black Widow before you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Vice versa. I mean, though, why couldn't they? To be like, just like that. Like not getting in the spot. Why they paid, couldn't they just look, say they that? They budgeted for snipers in 2020 and that's what they I need just to don't eat. understand. This, we're going to talk about communication a lot this episode, but I would just say like that would have been a huge thing. Like, hey, we can't release that until you see one. And people would have been like, oh yeah, duh. It would have made sense. I, well, I, I mean, I, I think it's just like, they're, they're the only ones who don't, like they don't say anything. I know. Ever. And, uh, and also, so, you are the answer to your own question, you realize. Well, because well, of you, because of people like oh, you and yeah. me and us. No, like all of us. Because as soon as they tell us that we can't, like comic book officers goes into like lockdown DEFCON mode as Jim Viscardi starts putting together string <laughs> theories about why we can't possibly see this That's one or the other. And like, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, so they, can't, they just don't want to invite all that speculation. They don't say anything. But it happens anyway, so but what does it, it matter? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take them not saying anything and spin six stories out of it. I mean, whatever. Like, it's, it's, it's moot. <laughs> Point is moot. That's, wow. that's more about us than anybody else, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I would like to know something. You know, I, I'm just trying not to, like, start anything because I've been critical of Marvel's PR choices in 2020 while DC is coming up kind of crazy strong. So, Well, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, there, are, there have been a number of castings that have happened behind the scenes, if I knew them. I would, I would share them right here. I don't know, but I, I do know which characters. Uh, some major characters have been cast. I just don't know who's playing them. Uh, and so, like, I, I think they might be planning something like that. That, that. This is just me speculating, but I know that they have gathered quite a bit of news and, like, opportunities to, to share things that would be very exciting. So, I mean, they're just what, – once things are more certain – I think that, that, that we're going to have a, a similar day where Marvel just kind of blasts everything – um, but it, it might not be anytime soon. I, I genuinely don't know that. What, well, whatever. Brandon's on camera. Can we ask, is it Nova? And look into his eyes, everyone. See see if the joy is there. You can tell. Is I it? Mean, it? Listen, oh. if it was Nova, I'd be, I'd, I would be in Burbank auditioning right now. <laughs> All right. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. You've learned. Save that clip, everybody. Yeah. Save that clip for a year from You've now. learned things in this media training circuit. Very nice dodge. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be like January 5th, 2021, Marvel's, hey, you survived 2020, big preview event for the next, you know, three years for all survivors of the dystopia. Here's what Marvel movies you can see and series are coming out. <laughs> yeah, release dates. And we got new stuff, but um, in all seriousness, I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So my feelings are crushed, but okay. I mean, you ended it on a mo- like slightly more positive kind of vague note, but like, yeah. All right. So what were we talking about? Uh, She-Hulk just got cast. Hey, Is that, that just really as, we're, as we're recording. I That's one of the characters I was talking about. Love <laughs> reaction. That's one of the characters I was talking about. Tatiana Maslany. What? Oh my God. Are yeah. you kidding me? That's my, no. that's yeah. my, I can't curse. I can't curse. That's well, my you almost did. <laughs> I did. Oh, <laughs> you man, almost did. <laughs> Gotta pull it together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! I'm like, okay, I'm so like listen. Oh my God! I love Tatiana Maslany. Oh man, Orphan Black. I have never seen Kofi get so excited. <laughs> I don't Dude, think I've ever seen that. She That's is awesome. awesome. She was awesome in Orphan Black, and she was just awesome in Perry Mason, like recently. Like, I need to watch that. that. Is, That's on my yeah. list. Don't I mean, she's just. I mean, that is great, and she's a person who can bring like the drama of a she-hawk and and the comedy like and, I, and i'm really kind of psyched about that 
I'll say this, since that came out, that's one of the ones I was talking about. I had two. The other one is Miss Marvel. I just don't know who's playing her, but they they found Miss Marvel. Okay, well, there you go. Your secret (laughs) glass is real long. Thanks, Britt. (laughs) I mean, who knows? By the time people hear this, maybe it'll be out. Because I knew She-Hulk was cast. I just didn't know who. Oh, man, that is... Woo! Woo! Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, everybody's gonna take a moment here. Rick really let it, came in here. <laughs> really let it settle <laughs> in. Oh my god, that's awesome! Oh man, yeah, Ms. Marvel's um, so coming that's soon exciting. Too. Yeah, oh, Miss so Marvel's exciting. probably coming soon. It sounds like, but uh, yeah, Tatiana Maslany. We'll get two breakings is, in one episode. Yeah, that is, <laughs> wow, that is really good, Dad. I'm, I'm happy about that. And I'll to see her in the time. movies, like, yeah, that's gonna be great. Like, so that's gonna go. There, that I'm assuming this is info in that story, but that is supposed to go into production early next year, and I imagine they might have that on Disney Plus by the end of next year. So that's Woo! great. Nice. Great news. Yeah, man. I feel a lot better about this podcast. Sorry, guys. We're going to probably have to change the title. I don't know. Why are you not feeling good about it? Jeez. Well, I mean, I was still on natural news. We don't have like a lot of actual news. It was pretty dry since our last podcast. This is, this is huge, though. So this is great. Thank you, podcast gods. Everybody well, keep an eye on Slack. Day of announcements. <laughs> yeah. Boom. That is, that is good. And we get to have a podcast where people actually hear us talk about something relevant before next week. You know, <laughs> I know we don't have to get the tweets that are always like, Oh, it happens every time. It's yeah, the no. next show. And like, yeah, no, we got we it this it. time. She-Hulk, baby. We, we know it. who it is. So, yeah. So we just did an article on this. Um, the series is also being written by Kat uh, Corio. Corio? 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 Uh, Kat Corio, who's a TV director, who's done some big comedy series. Like, it's always she, she did a big stint on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She's done Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She That's did uh, The show. Mick. The Mick, which was, you know, It's Always Sunny spinoff, you know, with a... Uh, one of their characters is one of their launch their own solo series. Um, so yeah, she, it kind of just gives you a hint of where, of where you're going. She did modern family. So she has a mix of doing kind of edgier comedy and kind of mainstream comedy. And they hired a Rick and Morty writer, Jennifer Gow to do this. So you can see where they're kind of going with this. Like it, it feels like they're going to make a superhero kind of courtroom drama, but also one that deals with kind of, gender issues through the lens of She-Hulk and, and all that and kind of use that comedy. Um, and so I'm looking forward to the series very much, especially now that I know who's starring in it. Like, that's great. That's and good. just to see her and Mark Ruffalo together is going to be awesome. Like, you know, they're both great actors, so that's going to be fun to watch. And um, yeah, so live reactions. Thank you, oh, Mr. Ron Bishop. Uh, yeah, so WandaVision still, that's still a thing too. So watch that. All right. <laughs> no, wait, that was the, the cherry on top for that whole segment, by the way, of like, hey, there's hope, guys. And then this came in and like stole its thunder. <laughs> now it's just like, oh, yeah, WandaVision 2020. There you go. Good deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's great. That is, and unexpected. That's not like at all what I had expected them to kind of go with. So, you know, there you go. I know everybody's going to be like, it should be Gina Carano. Like, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and, that, and that's, that's Kofi's uh, alter ego on Twitter. Who <laughs> will type that? <laughs> should have been Gina Carano. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. But um, all right. We're going to take a break now. Burner account. Oh, stop it. Stop bringing Katie <laughs> and everything. Um, you're going to take a break now, pay some bills, come back, let me, uh, let me deflate and kind of get my cool back. <laughs> I do declare. Uh, then we'll come back and talk everything about this PS5 event and uh, yeah. what we're getting there. 
All right, we're back. After all that dramatic flair, let's get a little bit more analytical as we break down everything that was revealed in the most recent PS5 event. Like I said at the start of the show, this is the one we've actually been waiting for, which makes me wonder what all the events were about, but uh, all the other ones, because this one had the actual good. They were the trailer teasers of... Yeah, I know. We're now having teaser (laughs) events and stuff like that. So this is where we are in 2020. Um, A launch event, teaser event. All right. So this was the one where we got all the information. And um, after Xbox kind of put out its pricing, we've all been waiting to see like what... There's been rumors about Sony and them kind of, you know, going to battle with each other about what to do with this pricing. But we finally got official pricing. We got a release date. Uh, Mr. Roland Bishop, why don't you take us through the big stuff and, uh, yeah, on the console. Maybe, Matt, you could take some of the game stuff. Yeah, sure. So the, the big thing, of course, like you said, pricing release date. We're looking at $499, $399 for the disk drive one and the all-digital one. November 12th is when it's going to release in the United States. It's going to release no, November yeah. 19th globally. That was my big surprise. That was a lot sooner than I thought we were getting that console. Like... For some reason. Oh, as soon as Xbox said November 10th, there was no way PlayStation yeah. wasn't going to be right in mm. that same time frame. Yeah, I think I missed the uh, Xbox November 10th thing. So, yeah, so both of those were both sooner than I thought. Man, I thought we were going to be in December, but all right, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, so uh, next-gen console launch officially both sets November uh, is when everybody's going to kind of go wild for it. Uh, that said... pre-orders were not handled particularly well um yeah first off they weren't really addressed in the show at all uh sony after the fact was like oh also pre-orders tomorrow but then a bunch of retailers seemed to jump the gun and so a bunch of people are mad about that um i know brandon got his pre-order in Um, very mad that did not. <laughs> and by the way, I'm very mad. And also, I have two pages pulled up. So if during this podcast they come available, you won't see me for a minute because I'm going to be ordering mine. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where the event itself showed off a bunch of stuff. I mean, Matt, I'm sure, is going to talk about a lot of this stuff. But it, it led off with Final Fantasy 16, which is a huge get. We know it's PlayStation 5 console exclusive. Um, it showed off Demon Souls, more of Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Like, just there's so much really going on uh, for the PlayStation as compared to Xbox that even with all of sort of the missteps you look at the PlayStation five as the next gen console, at least right now until we officially get like, I don't know, halo infinite something for the Xbox series X slash S. So that's kind of where we stand with that. Agreed. Kofi. <laughs> Agreed. I can't. Yeah. If you're, if you're watching this, I dipped out because <laughs> I had this solicitor in my neighborhood. I'm on my neighborhood. Watch. There's some solicitors that are more aggressive than others. And I had prime time Mr. Aggressor at my door. I had to handle that real quick and give him a reverse, reverse lesson in what aggressive anti-soliciting is all about. Um, all right. So I'm sorry I missed that, but it sounds like we got a, little, got a good information breakdown about the consoles. Yep. Um, I'll say that $399, that is a perfect price point right there for me. Um, it feels next gen enough, but it's, it's, it's kind of doable enough that I feel like I can – at launch because I was saying, oh, I never go at first. So I'm just going to wait until the bundles and all that. But now I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. And uh, yeah, I'm going all digital. We were talking about this on Twitter. Fans were asking us and it's just like, I'm with Matt at this point. I don't need a disc. I'm going digital. 
Keep in mind too, the PlayStation 5, what we know about it is that the 499 one has the disk drive, the 399 does not, but still plays the same level of games. It's literally like just the disk drive ripped out of there. Whereas the Xbox, the 299S, is all digital like the lower end PlayStation, but does not play games at 4K and so on. Like it's not as powerful. Yeah, all right, I mean, yeah. And that's also, I mean, we were also talking about that a couple of shows ago. That has its uses too, because there are a lot of people who want quote unquote next gen that don't have 4K TVs and do all that stuff. And that'll appeal to them, I guess. But um, no, nah, this sounds, this sounds uh, actually like a pretty good, pretty good price point. So, oh, Mr. Brandon Davis, did you really get the last pre-order in Nashville? Is that, is that a... Dude, the story of how I got this. Listen, and I know Matt's gonna hate me telling this. I do. He, did you say because I hated because I hated it on Twitter? Brandon Davis, here's my Twitter account. There's I hated it on Twitter. Yeah. Listen, pulled up in my C eight. Like, my mom comes over for dinner, and we we're eating dinner. I open up Twitter as soon as I finish because I I can't stay off Twitter for more than ten straight minutes, and I see IGN. I, I like IGN. I follow them. I see them tweeting about the pre-orders and I was like, wait, what? The event said tomorrow. So I click the link and it says it's, they're sold out at Target. They're sold out here. I was like, what? So I went to Target. I went to Walmart. I went to Best Buy, all their websites. Couldn't get one. GameStop website crashed. Couldn't get on it. Called seven different GameStops in Nashville. All sold out. Target and Walmart not doing the sales in person. Call one more GameStop. The one at the Opry Mills Mall. Anybody from Nashville knows the Opry Mills and they're like, listen, we have one digital pre-order left, but we're closed. Like, I was like, can you take my card over the phone? Like, please, I need it. That showcase was so good. Uh, so uh, they couldn't, they wouldn't do it. Uh, he was like, where are you? I was like, I'm in Germantown. And dude on the phone was just like, oof, that you're not close. And I was like, dude, I will, I will get there fast. He was like, listen, if you hurry up, like, we can try. Like, we got to close down the store. We got to count the register. You know, we got to get, if we're still here, you can come in and have it. But if somebody comes up, if somebody's walking out of the mall or somebody walks in, like, we have to give it to them. That's just the rule. So it's like, all right, dude. So I, I made it to the Opry Mills in record time doing the speed limit and only the speed limit. Um, That's I sprinted. I legit, I was running through an empty closed mall and somebody, somebody who I didn't even see them. I don't know where they were. They yelled run forest. And I was just like, yes, thank you for the encouragement. Got to the store doors. I went, they actually, the doors were locked. The dude who was on the phone came and opened it. And it was crazy. Cause when he opened the doors, I actually heard like a, and I got in there, I got in my pre-order and they're not doing like a midnight release or anything, but on November 12th, I can get in there, get my digital PS5. But then they still tried to sell me like a copy of Miles Morales. And I was like, yo, I just ordered a digital, a digital <laughs> PS5. Why would I buy a copy, a hard copy of Miles Morales? Got to keep those gotta, margins high. Yeah, I was going to say, they got to get that upsell, man. I respect it. I don't think they've been doing training yet. Because when I walk in there with my PS4 and they say, we'll give you a piece of toast, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they haven't been through digital training yet. So they don't know all this yet. I think they're just going by old school default methods, which is to try to upsell you things. And they're going to be trying to wait till they actually upsell people who don't really know what they're doing and buying a digital copy and buy a bunch of like disc games. 
it's going to be fun. Those are returns I'm going to be sitting outside watching with popcorn. <laughs> and I mean, the, it's going to be interesting because I'm also like, I want to get an Xbox Series X. I might do one or the other. I, I mean, I'm ha- I think I'm going to get the PlayStation first, but I'm going to try to reserve an Xbox so that if I have the option to make that decision, I will. And if somebody else on the staff wants an Xbox, like maybe we'll have that pre-order because it'll be good for more people here to have them. Um, but they go on sale Tuesday. But so I called GameStop this morning and I said, like, you know, is this going to go on sale earlier because like PlayStation wasn't supposed to start till today. And the guy on the phone said, uh, he was just like, listen, Microsoft was much more organized in how they want this laid out. Wow. They were very clear 10 AM on Tuesday. I shouldn't have said that 11 AM everybody. (laughs) Uh, 10 AM on Tuesday is when you can go in and get it. So, I mean, I'm going to go try to reserve one and I'm probably going to end up picking one or the other, but, uh, I don't know. I'm not good at making reasonable financial decisions, so I might end up getting both uh, and just being poor in the long run. But I mean, this was now. this was pretty bungled. This was pretty. This was a pretty bungled launch. As of right yeah, now, absolutely. As of right now, Amazon is the only one that, while some people have been able to get in under the radar and get a few when it was briefly up, when the dogs were up at the page. Uh, and has a lot of people like not disliking dogs because that's what they have on their page when it's out. Uh, they're the only ones that have it. Uh, I mean, geez, even Sam's Club went live this morning at like, I forget what time it was and had some. Uh, someone fooled me. Good on you uh, because I was desperate. Someone fooled me with a Bed Bath & Beyond meme <laughs> because i totally went there i totally went there it was like no way and i was like went there i was like son of a but you know whatever good on you that's, that's i mean i, I think what happened was sony probably said like sell like sell them this day and then probably one one out one store or one uh outlet just started selling them and then everybody else was like all right forget it let's just sell it well it's okay so then but sony also had one of their high ups issue a statement that was very much saying like, hey, you're going to have plenty of time. That's, I think it was Eric Lempel, was the it Eric, yeah. head of mar- so that, marketing, so, yeah. So that's the main issue that people have is that, <laughs> oh, hey, you said we were going to have ample time. And also the one that really hits the wound, I didn't get these personally, but there's a lot of people posting the images of the emails from Sony that received them in their inbox saying, hey, you've been invited to get your early pre-order link to get a PS5 after they were all gone. <laughs> From the so, PlayStation store. From the PlayStation store. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. It's, it's just been bungled from the beginning. However, crazily enough, um, the, the hype for this is just, has just built because of this. And, and while there are so many people cussing out Sony right now on Twitter, uh, it's not keeping people from wanting to go spend ridiculous amounts of money on eBay and buy consoles for like $1,000. Also, to all the people who bought multiples, screw you. I will tell you that now. <laughs> I'll tell you that right here. Because um, I saw a couple pop up. I was like, oh, I bought four. Oh, let me buy 10 in my cart. Who wants one? I was like, oh. I'm going to be, uh, be yeah. honest. I am banned for life from eBay for doing that with PS4. Dude, yeah. I just remember <laughs> being in New York in, when this gen, current gen launched. And it, man, it was savagery in Manhattan. People trying to get there. Dude, I, I ran through a Walmart in Columbia, South Carolina and bought three PS4s. Yeah, it was nuts, dude. Ran it through was it. Really nuts. The so lady like, was like, "Hey, don't run!" So I did like a quick little like, "Oh, I'm not running. I swear." Look, look. Technically, it's shuffling. Um, yeah. um. So yeah. So let's get to the actual games. Yeah, the games. Uh. So this one had we got a, a prolonged look at Miles Morales. Uh. We got a look at Genki. We got a look at the Tinkerer, who is 
one of the the bigger villains in the game. Doubtful that he'll be the main villain, but he is one of the major villains. We got to look at like gameplay. Uh, I mean, it the like everyone actually really dug the new footage of this whole bridge sequence that you know uh, a lot of people were comparing to. Well, many of the Spider-Man bridge sequences, both in the comics and in the movies, but especially Homecoming. Uh, so there was a, a lot of good reception to the footage. We then finally got the debut of Final Fantasy 16. Uh, which is going to be uh, like the other Final Fantasies or most of the other Final Fantasies, a completely new world, completely new characters, but we'll have like chocobos and all the things you know and love. Um, we got a, it looks a pretty big, intense, man. Right? Yeah. It, and it is a return to, um, you know, more, not traditional, but like more traditional medieval themes. Uh, you know, it's not going to be like four guys in a car, even though I adore it 15. It kind of design of the character vibes, but the, but the world they're in is back in like a medieval thing. Yeah, it was like kind right? of a mix of the world, like best of all worlds. Because I yeah. like that steampunk kind of thing they did, even the weird new age K-pop version. Um, and like, I also like the medieval stuff. So I'm hoping it kind of marries the two. So and that whole like Phoenix uh, Ifrit battle was was amazing. Like there was there's a lot of cool stuff, and it's a substantial for an announcement trailer, which we're typically used to getting a logo and maybe a, an image of a dude or a person. This was pretty substantial for an announcement. Now the next time we will hear anything about it is 2021. So this is probably not coming out till I would say the earliest late 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 2021, most likely 2022. Probably like a year uh, from now or at the early. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a minute. Um, but for what they showed, it was pretty impressive. Also, we got uh, the new God of War, uh, somewhere JK is celebrating, uh, announced. It was just a cool animation, the logo. Uh, it is God of War Ragnarok, correct, Rollin? They have right. not officially given it a name, I believe. Everyone's saying it's either God of War 2 Ragnarok or God of War Ragnarok because of the way it was teased. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was... And then, of course, we got, you know, a, a look at a bunch of other... Uh, a bunch of other games and, and, but the big thing that people came for was the release date, which they delivered on. Uh, and then of course the price. So overall it was a pretty, I mean, I feel like this one got people hyped uh, in a big way. I mean, Brandon's a perfect representation of this. We've been telling Brandon about the PS5. Yeah. <laughs> for Dude, like after that, he was months. willing to risk his life. And then he's, he's driving across town and trying to get one. So um, yeah, it's, I, I think it successfully got, I hope for Microsoft's sake, learn from, it seems they are and get that pre-order thing in line and uh it, hopefully it'll go a lot smoother yeah so i hope microsoft is learning about why people are so excited for playstation like i love xbox i'm I, like it's obviously like i prefer the controller of xbox i prefer the interface of xbox but it just feels like microsoft doesn't care about exclusive games like and i also i think exclusive games are stupid in general i prefer when they're on both consoles anyway but I think that it's just it's just clear that Sony has a much better finger on the pulse on like these these games like even like what uh, uh, Demon Souls was that, mm-hmm. was that the, that I thought that looked dope too like I didn't like I didn't know much about that and that was one that I thought looked really fun like it's like a, Microsoft is just like well we have Halo we like we have Gears of War and I love those games but I'm I'm reaching a point now where I'm watching these showcases and Sony just seems to care a lot more about getting you new fresh games. Like Miles Morales is a perfect example. Like, yeah. and this was so well done because it's not a full game, right? It's 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 like basically a glorified add-on to the first Spider-Man. It's it's somewhere between DLC and a full game. But that means that they Sony and Insomniac were like, listen, we need to find a way to make a really exciting title, make it big enough that it can be maximum quality for launch, but also not small enough to feel like it's just a cash grab. 
Like, this looks like a really fun thing. But granted, yeah. we don't know the full size of the game. We haven't played it yet. But so, it, it, it's like that's such a smart play. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, Microsoft rolls out Halo, and I feel like I'm watching a pre-viz version of Thanos on, like, <laughs> like what is going on there? From the people yeah. that originally brought you Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I understand. Like, there's a, there's a couple of things that stick out about this. One, I feel like I don't hate exclusives at all. I love exclusives because it, it just harkens back to the – to the console war stuff. I always love it. It's not like you don't get in the fist fights over it, obviously, but like it's a fun back and forth thing that's been part of gaming forever. So I don't have any issue with that. Look, I, it sucked when I couldn't play Rise of the Tomb Raider because it was exclusive to Microsoft for a year. But you know what? I played it once it was released and it was fine. Like I moved on and survived with my life. Like some games I can't, I don't have access to on a PlayStation. I can always buy the second one. But I don't have a problem with exclusives. I think that's what makes it. Otherwise, why are you buying anybody? just go buy a pc like it doesn't make the part of the fun of a console is making them a little different catering to a slightly different audience and being on the pulse of things i think that's really cool so i love the idea it sucks that i can't always play gears but oh well uh the thing about final fantasy though it, it is a console exclusive for six months then after that it goes to pc uh and then at 12 months it can go to a console so xbox will probably get it a year down the line. So, I mean, it's, it is, but it is exclusive for a substantial amount of time. Um, the other thing is that we didn't really touch on this, but the price. Uh, so Sony did have a few games uh, and Miles Morales was, was one of them, the ultimate edition, because the ultimate edition of the game will come with a remaster of Marvel Spider-Man. Uh, and that one is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Rowan, is this, is it 69? Or I believe it's 69, yeah. 69, 99, yeah. So, obviously, it's that long-awaited bump, which, which I feel like I'm seeing a lot of hate on that on Twitter, and I totally understand why as someone who has to, like, budget things. But at the same time, I feel like we kind of escaped the whole generation without moving up, and it was kind of, it was kind of like it was going to happen this generation, whether people wanted to or not. Like, the, the size of these games and things like that, I'm amazed it hasn't, it didn't happen sooner. So it's only some games. Others are still at the 59 price point. Like Demon's Souls is one of those. Uh, there was another game that I'm blanking on. Um, you know, obviously when Final Fantasy comes out, that will assuredly be a higher price title. Um, but I don't necessarily have so much of a problem with it because I understand the bigger these games get, the more intricate they get, the more expensive they are to put on. It's a long-awaited thing. Yeah. So Do the thing play to Hundo, we don't see you for a year. The thing to keep in mind for these is that, you know, as much as we'd like to think about it as like being console wars between Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, really they're selling very different things to people. Microsoft's whole pitch this generation is, yes, we're putting out this new generation of consoles, but you can keep playing your old console. We're going to keep releasing stuff for both. PlayStation's pitch is, look, we're putting out this great new console. It's got some incredible looking stuff on it. You're going to want it, but also the stuff is going to release on PS4, which yeah. may, which is not super clear. They Miles slightly Morales, snuck that in. Miles there. Morales, <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West, both confirmed for PS4 releases as well. Like they're going to come out on the old consoles. And this is a smart move but it's not been the main thrust of PlayStation's marketing so far. Whereas for Microsoft, it has been it, the idea for Microsoft is look, we'll get you, we'll get you in the system. You're going to get game pass. You're going to have access to all of these games across these things. If you want 4k, you got 4k, but you don't need it. Whereas PlayStation is like, no, we're still kind of in the more better new, like this is the yeah. new generation of stuff. It's going to look better. And obviously though, that is such a big, 
the difference with like the Microsoft thing, right? One, they have a built-in system into their next gen that is lower, that is that lower tier anyway with the S. So they're already like going into a generation with that as part of the package. Whereas Sony, once we get past this like year, year and a half, I don't see that continuing much longer. I mean, Sony's always been a little iffy with their backwards compatibility anyway. So I feel like that's a, you know, like Marvel's Avengers is going to get a free upgrade. Valhalla is going to be available on both, right? So obviously this first like six months to a year, that's going to be a big thing of like, hey, you can still play on your thing. But as we get further and further down the line, it's going to be like Outer Worlds on Switch. It's going to be like, okay, there is clearly, you are clearly trying to cram a lot onto this system and it's starting to show. And at that point that I feel like in about a year and a half, we'll see that full vision kind of take off. And so one thing we haven't talked about yet also announced yesterday, the PlayStation plus collection, which is basically a PS4 to PS5 game pass. That's what it is. Like you can play a bunch of PS4 games on the PS5. They haven't released a lot of information, but a bunch of games were shown that are all like high quality first party titles that people who are playing will want to like, play on the PlayStation 5, right? Your God of War, um, stuff of that nature. Like, people are excited to play these if they look even better. So, like, that could yeah. be the answer, right? Obviously, there's going to be a pretty... I, I think it's going to be a longer delay before they start phasing out, like, PlayStation 4 support. But what's going to happen is you're going to start to see more and more support for this PlayStation Plus collection, assuming it does anything. Like, it's, it's successful by any, you know, metric, which... It should be. Game Pass is wildly popular. Um, there's no reason PlayStation shouldn't have their own version of that. Yeah, it's crazy that I keep PlayStation Plus around simply for the multiplayer part. Like, that you can't access multiplayer without it. I I forget I own the games that come with it every month most of the time. There's been, like, two times I've been like, oh, that's great. But I don't... I'm just that type of gamer. I feel like Kobe's probably more like that, too. Like, it's kind of like I'm on to whatever the next thing is. I don't look it takes a lot like it takes a remaster or a remake for me to then pay attention to like an older game otherwise i'm just focused on whatever is next all right there you go so that's what's coming up on the next gen front get place your bets get your pre-orders if you can and start choosing sides ah, no i'm sure <laughs> uh moving right along we're going to end today from the world of digital video game innovation to going back old school into comics. So let's talk about comics this week. Uh, we're going to dive into a couple titles. And uh, first up is I want to talk about this Phoenix Force Avengers real quick. Oh, God. What, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this? Here's, here's the thing. Uh, it's Jason Aaron. So I feel like it'll be good. I, so just to give people, in case you're just listening, <laughs> Marvel put out this kind of teaser for this, uh, basically the Phoenix Force kind of makes it, and here's a read, I'll just read it. Uh, the most iconic primordial powers okay. in the Marvel Universe have been central to my, oh, okay, this is the Avengers run, this is Leno Francis U. So this is just about the Phoenix Force kind of coming back, and it's who gets the Phoenix Force, which has now, I guess, become just like a Marvel McGovern, like worthy of anybody to hold. And so now people are going to be battling out in Enter the Phoenix event. So it's Jason Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep repeating. Matt, is it, who is it? Is it Jason Jason Aaron? Aaron. (laughs) Um, Okay, so one, 
so the the people on the cover are actually interesting because I honestly just assumed it would be the entire Avengers group that is currently in the book, which it's not because like Namor's on there. I don't know where he came from. Uh, there's like, I mean, there's Hulk, Iron Fist, but like there's no Ghost Rider is a current part of the books. And so there's no Captain Marvel. There's, there's a couple of people missing. Um, and there's no Iron Man either uh, from what I remember anyway on the cover. So that'll be interesting. This follows right up of Age of uh, Khonshu. This will be the next thing, and, and whatever happens in that one is going to inform some of the why the Phoenix is essentially picking their next host like this. So I'm hoping that makes sense. Um, it, it's this has been the Phoenix has been a really interesting part of Aaron's run so far, like with all the Avengers BC stuff, and like that is interesting. But they kind of put that on the back burner to do a bunch of other stuff. So I we got this sort of story with the X-Men Phoenix thing. Yeah. We all saw how that turned out. Uh, that wasn't great. <laughs> um, so I'm just fingers crossed that it's like, like Marvel's like wondering if they together. can do something worse than Cyclops Phoenix. There were part, I, I, when I first saw that design, I wanted that to be awesome. <laughs> we all did. Didn't, yeah. That just didn't, we yeah. all did, but it um, wasn't, it wasn't awesome. So, so yeah, so I, that is, it is interesting. I do like that. It is again, like, like age, like the moon Knight story. It's just an event within Avengers. So it's not like so far, they haven't done a bunch of tie-ins for that. It's been re- just uh, contained to that book hoping this will be the same and it doesn't like take over a bunch of stuff and we get like Phoenix variants everywhere. Like hopefully this is just a small thing and fingers crossed. Jason Aaron. Just an issue where everybody punches everybody and each time somebody gets punched, they become another Phoenix. Like, and they punch somebody else and they become a Phoenix. It'd be great. All right. So that nonsense aside, let's jump into the latest about Joker war, the uh, Batman crossover that's happening. So we're coming down to the wire on this thing and we got uh, the penultimate chapter. Of Joker War. Yeah, we're almost there. Batman 100 coming up. Yeah. And um, this one was a little bit better. I like this one, actually. Um, it, it is another... I feel like a lot of this somehow is, again, state... Like, I feel like a lot of these issues of Joker War have been stage setting for the larger spread out crossover, which hasn't had... A, had which has had some interesting storylines in and of itself. But um, this one did kind of at least bring what I feel is a better thematic focus to this story and kind of set it up for a final battle that actually feels like it could be as fulfilling in its substance as it is in the spectacle. Um, So basically that's all very vague and like, let's just get into it. So basically this issue just sees like Joker and Batman setting their respective stages for the final battle. And for Joker, that's kind of, taking a, his own bad Joker mobile, Batmobile type deal limo ride to Ace Chemical, uh, a nostalgic site for him and kind, of rem- and kind of doing a lot of exposition on the way, but basically laying out what his vision of Joker war is and like why he's doing it. While Batman decides to get in touch with his feelings and kind of open up and, and get with the bat and reapproach the bat family and kind of admit that, you know, he's been closed off since Alfred's been dead and he needs their help. And this is the only way he's going to, to win this war. And so there's no mystery left. Batman knows what the Joker's planning to kill all of Gotham by luring them to the movie theaters to see uh, the Zorro movie that his parents saw before they died. And then he's going to kill them all. And he knows that Joker wants to have a final fight with him at Ace Chemical. 
And so he's going to go there and, and kind of face Joker while the Bat family will handle what's going on in the streets and, and Joker's big plan to kill everybody in Gotham. Um, now, there are a couple figures caught in the mix of this. Uh, you know, we get, I don't know what clown hunter's doing anymore. He just shows up on random pages and kind of <laughs> flexes on murdering clowns. So good for him. But, um, Catwoman's in the mix here and Harley Quinn, who have both been kind of in the middle of this are in the mix. Harley, some of the best parts for me. Yeah. I mean, Harley actually has a actual good storyline in this where, where, you know, now instead of just Batman having this kind of should I, should I not dilemma about what to do with Joker? She's in on this. And except she's very much in the I'm killing this dude camp. And like in Batman's now trying to actually defend Joker from her in part. And they have this kind of in Batman, Harley stuff can be so terrible because it can get so like cheesy and gimmicky, but uh, they actually have a, like a pretty good discussion about, you know, Joker and in, in their kind of, shared dilemma about this guy who's hurt them both and, and how they're both trying to deal with it about what to deal with him about what to do with him. So yeah, of course they go in for the final battle and uh, you know, the big spectacle that's going to get us into this final battle is that uh, Joker has his own spoilers, spoilers. I already got yelled at by comic people online. So spoilers for this. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Cause we, we just, I just, I, we put things in the, in the, like in the assignment thing and, and for comics, we usually just kind of raw put in the ideas and sometimes I forget to transform them into like less spoilery ideas. So people in the comics were all up my butt about this. Oh, my bad. That was probably my fault then. No, it wasn't <laughs> me. I, mean, I, I was, I have a thinking I probably brain. put that headline in there. Sorry. You did, but I, I have a thinking brain and I, and I'm able to change it. So after I got yelled at, I quickly changed it. I mean, there was actually a better title to go with, but um, yeah, so Joker gets a major costume change and spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you want to still hear this. Yeah. He gets his own bat suit and not just any bat suit, but um this bat suit, which is kind of like, I keep calling it Batman's mythric armor for some reason, um, because it's just shiny like that. <laughs> if you've ever played fantasy game, um, um, he gets this kind of shiny, like light colored neon suit that was designed for him by Lucius Fox. And what the larger thematic about this story of Joker war and the preceding story, his dark design was the Batman aspect of it is about Bruce Wayne kind of, trying to figure out how to make a change in his career after Alfred's death to be something kind of bigger and better than the dark vigilante uh, on both the, both the Bruce, on both the Bruce Wayne and Batman halves of the coin. So a lot of it was him kind of finding new ways to kind of settle the madness in Gotham by also rebuilding Gotham into a, a physically new and better and more advanced city through, through Bruce Wayne. Um, and of course, Joker's whole thing has been, to take that, that goal of Batman's and to twist it and pervert it as Joker loves to do. And he wants kind of gritty Gotham chaos, dark to always be that way. And so he takes Batman's, this suit that Lucius designed for Batman that when he achieved this brighter, better Gotham, he would be a brighter, better Batman to kind of serve it. And he had this brighter armor, which Joker takes and then paints in a bunch of crazy Joker stuff and puts on so that he can have a final fight with Batman. Damaged. No, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's not that cheesy. Um, to have a final fight with Batman dressed as this kind of sick Joker reflection of Batman, which is not new. Uh, we've seen Joker reflections of Batman before. Uh, that Joker and that Joker, like, 75-year special had a great story in it um, where Joker actually dresses as Batman to – to go through his own demented training course as yeah. Batman to better figure out how to kill Batman. Um, that's and that's a great story. Um, yeah, it's real short, but great. 
Um, but this is cool because, like I said, there was actually some thematic stuff behind it that we could actually get like a good conversation during this duel and it won't just be kind of empty, cheesy stuff. I'm so torn on this issue because I love parts of it. Yeah. Or parts of it. I I'd like, I love the Harley Batman. So I think that whole conversation and I love how open and ended, ended it is because at one point, you know, Bruce is like, I will stop you. And she's like, I, they have, they continue on their talk. And she's like, I'm going to kill him. If I see you, like, unless you kill me now, I'm going to do that. And then he just like walks off. Like he doesn't actually say anything else. Like, it's almost like he's just reserved that in his brain. Like, you know, you're, you're left wondering, like, is he just going to let it happen? There's just that little bit of question. He didn't kill him, but will he let someone else, you know? So that, that was really interesting. I, I did find it funny that Joker just like had a monologue to himself in the car. I thought he was talking to somebody. And then like at the end, there's nobody there. And I'm like, Oh, it's so he's just, <laughs> he's just saying all that stuff out loud. That's kind of weird. Um, clown hunter. I agree. I don't, I don't know what the point is. It, that seemed like a really interesting thing. And then like, it's just gone nowhere. So I don't know. He's not like, I mean, in, if you're just reading the main Joker war, he's not a character. He's, no, he's, just, he's just like some weird figure kid that if this was like a cartoon, it would just be that weird kid that, it's like a running yeah. theme of the cartoon that just shows up every couple scenes and you just see him. Yeah, it's, like it's a, weird. Yeah. Now, the Bat Family stuff, I loved. But I, it's one of those things, like, I'm, again, I'm kind of torn on it because there are times where I'm like, so I've read a lot of Batman comics. I'm tired of – it feels like every six months we have this same thing about Batman. Yeah, family Whether therapy. It's like, yeah. It's just yeah, like cool. of – well, I should have called you in sooner. I was, I was, I was hiding in myself. Duh! Yeah. I could have told you that at the very beginning. Yeah. You've had the same thing, and that's why I loved, like, and some of the Alfred stuff has been good here. But you know, it's not been like that one King issue. That one King issue dealt with more of that nitty gritty, interesting, emotional stuff with him and Alfred than to me this whole series without any dialogue and just a, a voice recording and, and a scene of yeah, Batman trapped it, in a room. So like, yeah, that it, was it's much been fun. like, so you have these things to kind of hold it up against and it's good. And there are parts I really like, but it's just not, I, I keep waiting for that, for that thing to hit. Now we're almost at the final thing. So I mean, well, I, I, I don't know. You maybe just, the, you've described my reaction to Joker war as a whole. Um, there are, it's so hit and miss. And it's just like, there are things that I think are really good. Like I do really think that had this been like Tom King's story and it would have focused entirely more on Bruce Wayne's kind of ideas about building a city and Joker's ideas about perverting a city and doing that, like that would have been great. Like, like more just introspective sequences of like those fantasies that Bruce was imagining of the life and the world that he could build and Joker kind of always invading and, and kind of corrupting that. Like that would be a great psychological story about what Batman or Joker has kind of done to Batman over time. And like why he might need to exercise that mentally as well as beat this guy down and, or kill him. Like there's a lot of that. And so there are these thematic ideas here, but it's also lost in a bunch of kind of like really like, I mean, comic booky, like just bubble gum kind of crazy nonsense. Like, the big war, which, I mean, I feel like obviously got out of Tinian's hand because I don't feel like I've seen a big war or covered like a huge conflict or it doesn't feel that big. I in think scope. most of the war took place in the tie-ins. And yeah. I feel like this is very much a series that kind of that thing we talk about where it's like sometimes the tie-ins are great because they fill in gaps. I, I feel like you need to read the tie-ins to really get 
that sense. Because otherwise, you just – I felt like last issue, like I've known that Gotham is under siege. But then this issue, it's like freaking – World War Three out there, like everything's smoking. I'm like, when did that well, happen? Or just California <laughs> and Washington right now. I mean, yeah, right. But like, it it seemed like a big jump from yeah. where we were last time to now, where it's just yeah. like. And these issues, this issue makes me like, I have to now go back and read the Detective Comics arcs, like, and and see how that because they rescue, they do a bunch. They rescue oh, wow. Lucius. They like do some other stuff, and it's like. Yeah, that's all very crucial stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of ideas here. But, and I think also you and I talked about this right when Kenyon started after King, like that first issue, and it was just like there's a lot of exposition that gets done. Like the whole Joker sequence is funny because he is – I think he's talking to the limo driver who he kills subsequently uh, afterwards. Okay, answer, yeah. And uh, – but because uh, I was – during the thing, I was like, man, Joker's sharing a lot with like a random like henchman. I was like, oh, well, he's dead. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it's all ex- – I mean, it's just exposition, right? Like, it's just straight-up exposition. So, mixed bag, Joker war. I'm hoping that the final issue in, in the kind of Batman versus Joker Batman will actually be, like, a, a memorable battle and we get some kind of meaningful resolution. I think Nicole Drum took an article I kind of suggested, which is that I think a lot of the deeper things in a better executed plan – this is because what I kind of get is that there's a lot about this that makes me feel like it's dealing with a lot of what came out of the eighties era of Batman and the idea of both Batman and the Joker that were created in that eighties era. Um, the, the kind of darker edgier Batman, the loner, the kind of after Jason Todd died, you know, and we got year one and dark Knight returns and killing joke. And kind of moving on from that, which is a bigger order than I think maybe this creative team (laughs) was up to the challenge of handling. But I feel like that's where we're going at the end of this. And that we're like kind of having a ceremonial putting to bed of this dark and gritty era of Batman and Joker. Cause that's what I think the shiny armor is about and all that. And even if we don't get shiny armor, the ideal is that Batman can be more than this thing we've been mired in since the eighties and, the 80s movie and you know the darker costumes and, and all that and there can be something besides you know the madness and the trauma and all that and there can be something besides that um, interesting yeah no, which I, is I definitely timely see. which can be timely because yeah. i was writing in like the notes of that article like i don't know i mean when you begin to look at what's happening in the world is like batman vigilantism you know your own yeah. <laughs> personal law and order you know type deal is maybe not as popular as as it once was uh, and coming out and him being tough and beating down criminals and, and doing all that, you know, uh, there are other issues to consider these days. So it's going to be interesting to see if they stick the landing and if any of what I just said is good or is much better than what we actually get. So, <laughs> uh, Did you have a chance to read Iron Man? I did. I finished it as we were kind of sitting here. So, um, yeah, I just want to quickly touch on, on Iron Man because Iron Man 2020 I thought was actually really interesting. Um, yeah, so – this basically is a new era for Tony Stark and it's a start from scratch. And it's almost like I was laughing because it felt like this series would pick up and fill in the gap. If this were in the MCU between Iron Man three and, uh, and uh, Avengers, I think age of Ultron, because there is this unexplained gap in the MCU where Tony Stark, the end of Iron Man three is like, you know, F suits. I don't need any of this. Like I'm done. And he walks away all triumphant. And then Avengers age Ultron, he's like, in the suit let's go catch some hydra <laughs> like yeah you never find out why um but it, uh it's interesting he's kind of moving on he's divesting from stark industries and the money he's giving up like all the high tech stuff he's kind of moving away from tech 
and he's trying to reinvent himself uh, and get back to the quote unquote man inside Iron Man. Uh, it's a great hook, by the way. It's yeah. a great line when he says that. That's no, the dialogue line. in this is really good. Like, um, and this, and he, and he's having trouble uh, because he is Tony Stark, and you know the psychology of Tony Stark. I mean, the biggest thing Tony Stark can't beat is is getting over himself. So, even yeah. in this quest, uh, he gets help from Trish Walker, Hellcat. It was a great, like, just totally unexpected person. I but, yes, by the way, that, it's one of those it. characters yeah. where you feel like whoever's writing, uh, I can't remember first name, but Cantwell, um, blanking on first name, but uh, whoever is writing a book just comes in. Like, that's why, like, when Bendis wrote books, it was like, oh, Luke Cage shows up because he loved Luke Cage. Like, there are certain characters that, like, just writers like. I feel like this is one of those, like, I want Hellcat in here. Doesn't matter how I fit her in. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna fit her in. But yeah, I agree. I, I really love. Well, that was the thing. Like, because I love it when creative teams do things that make me realize like there are things I didn't, I didn't really realize before. Um, and like, yeah, Christopher Cantwell is the writer. Um, and yeah, you Trish Walker and Tony Stark make sense because they are from that Marvel, that line of Marvel heroes who exist as socialites. And, and in that circles of fame and society and stuff like that. And so you wouldn't, you don't put it together in your brain until you actually see them in this scene. You're like, yeah. And it's just great. Cause they're at a socialite, like famous person party with a bunch of movie shakers. And they're just like running to each other in a room. And you're like, Oh yeah, that would totally make sense because they, they are these two characters. Yeah. And like, yeah. And so like, yeah. And uh, yeah, Hellcat does a good job trying to call Tony on his BS and in kind of. That dialogue was so good. Like, the and I also like there's other hints of that too throughout right like when he tries to go by the car yeah and then they're like the car is not <laughs> you can't you can't just buy a, an old car and, and oh yeah you could tell that Caldwell Lee like he wanted to get that that was personal like, it was yeah. like no you can't you know and then I love her when you're she's not gonna like, fix your life with some car yeah you know and then he's like well and then she's like that's still your ego like it's yeah. still your ego talking despite your like now it's just faux ego now it's like yeah. you're a martyr and that stuff is really interesting i love that he went back to the the oldish suit you know still yeah. got some tech in it but like and also like he gave away money and like he he did a bunch of stuff with it but he still took out like he's got a an umbrella thing that's like i forget what astronomical amount of money it is he has 65 so, billion he gave away yeah. 20, i think it's 45 billion dollars <laughs> and he's yeah. even addresses he's like i gave away this much and they're like you still still don't yeah and, like and, the, and the interview is great because and like just how this is put together is great because they don't just do it as a straight-up storyline it uses media and technology and other things like Throughout it, there's a TV interview he's doing. There's the whole montage throughout the early part of the book with the cars, with the voiceovers about him trying to find the right car to kind of to kind of buy, and that'll make him feel this thing he wants to feel. Yeah, um, that's kind of vintage, and having he gets like an old muscle car, and uh, yeah, and uh, the internet posts are my favorite, like the Twitter posts. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, those are so good. Yeah, just like throughout about Tony Media, like Tony Stark trying to. Basically, and, and I love the commentary, the deeper psychology of it, because he's trying to do good, but he's also, like you said, it's this vapid Tony Stark way. So he's like trying to make Twitter happy and ultimately gets just totally owned by Twitter and eventually just like near the end of the book, it's just like he deletes his account. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, Iron Man deletes his account because he can't make people on Twitter. Like every time he tries to do something, people are just like, 
I donated a bunch of money to things. Oh, for real, bro? So now you live in a real life of 45 mil? And like the Twitter comments are so good. Like, you know, I was yeah. just like, yeah, that's, that's basically Twitter. Like, I can read comic book characters dealing with Twitter, like, as a comic all day. Like, so oh, man. And I also am looking back over the art. Like, I love that he goes to the party with Trish Walker and he's wearing bunny slippers. I know. Like, so, I noticed that at some point. I'm like, what? That's amazing. Because yeah. he's just like that level of billionaire that he just It's totally a rich person thing. Oh, do. yeah. It's, it's Dude, that like i i knew people from that society circle of new york and like it was funny like i'd be like all stuffy if like hey you want to have dinner with my parents would be awesome i'll just take us out to this crazy place and i go i'm like i'll dress up i'm like get in a suit jacket i'm like hello sir comes in like his sweatpants he just like snaps his fingers and gets in like an extra table put up he's like hey and i'm like uh so this is what rich rich (laughs) yeah this is what money can do and like Um, the character cameos are just great trish walker wasn't the only one we had unicorn like yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they Marvel made character. him like a threat. Yeah, a badass. Like, wow, like, holy yeah. Cow. yeah. And um, Terax is just in the beginning because, so like, random. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Iron Man fighting Terax. Like, you don't, you don't think you're gonna see that, but like, here we are. Yeah, but they, um, they made right. me care about an Iron Man book, and that's yeah. awesome. And I'm not. I don't think I've been as excited about Iron Man or the artwork, the storytelling, and just the feel of it since Extremis. Um, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, that's about right. Yeah, and this is great because, I mean, I'm actually, like, I got to say, they've done these 2020 relaunches for both Black Widow and Iron Man. I've enjoyed Black both. Was really like, good yeah. Too. yeah. So, we didn't get to really talk about Black Widow. No. Yeah, that's an yeah. excellent one, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it kind of just really nails the core characters. And it feels like 70s retro for, Beth, for both of them in a weird kind of way. And I love 70s comics because I have an older brother who's 10 years older than me. And that's where I got into it was reading his, all his 70s Marvel and DC comics and this kind of returns to that flavor and I'm kind of digging it. So I'm going to keep an eye on this new Iron Man book. Very much agreed. All right. And I think, uh, I think that's it. That'll oh, do me. it. Oh yeah. I wanted to add something. Yeah. Yeah. Variety in their report about She-Hulk in a very, in a very subtle line said that they're expecting both WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier this year. So, Oh, <laughs> Oh, baby. Better not be, you better not be teasing him. Yeah, you're teasing me. That's, <laughs> Listen, that's what the variety story says. I, I don't know what they're going off of, but I just wanted to share that with you. There's still apparently kind, there's still hope. hope. Hey, guys, this, that's hope. a good thing to end on. In 2020, guys, there is still hope. Do not give up hope yet. <laughs> All right? That's a good one to end on. All right. Thank you, Brandon Davis. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you guys are just listening to the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and every Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed for new uh, – or we don't have an RSS feed anymore. I don't know why I keep saying that. Just go to comicbook.com Wednesday and Fridays if you want to listen on the site, or you can listen to your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist. You can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll start playing automatically for you. If you want to see our smiling faces, we air episodes live on Facebook every Wednesday and every Friday where you can watch the episode live or immediately afterwards if you're just coming on later. And if you want to hit us up, talk to us, drop any kind of topics, or just say what's up, you can find us at the hashtag ComicBookNation. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. I'm at Rollin Bishop. You can find me at the Opry Mills reserving my 
PS5. <laughs> you better be careful. Somebody will be waiting outside Opry Mills for you. Like, uh, it's gotta be me. Yeah, you better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this someone is. That's gonna be me. <laughs> wow, wow. All right, there you heard it. So, uh, first, first stop on the suspects list. So. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because of one shining day when we're back in the office. We're going to send everybody who left us five stars a nice Comic Book Nation t-shirt. So be sure to get get in line for that. You can pre-order that by leaving us a five-star review. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We'll talk to you guys next time. Stay healthy. Stay checked in. Just try to make it through 2020. Peace. Deuces.